my hallelujah belongs to you my hallelujah belongs to I need help I need help my hallelujah belongs to My hallelujah belongs to Faithfulness. 
In Jesus' precious name, we worship. Father, the hour has come right now. Dear Holy Spirit, divine, just have your way. Now, I just ask that I will decrease and you will increase. Lord, you will think through my mind and you will speak through my lips as I minister life to the hearers. Let your glory be revealed, my Father. For you said that every valley shall be exalted and every hill shall be brought low and every crooked path shall be made straight and every rough road shall be made smooth and the glory of the Almighty God shall be revealed. Father, this is the hour. Just have your way. Thank you, Lord, for being here with us. You have been here, Lord, right from the beginning. We are grateful. Holy Spirit, have your way. Let my voice become an extension of your voice at this hour. That the captives be set free. That our lives be regenerated and recreated and transformed to conform to your image, Jesus. Jesus, let you be real in our lives. Let your glory be revealed. Let your fire fall. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit divine. Just have your way. Take all the glory. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. We want to thank God so much for today and for the opportunity to be in the presence of God. I just want to give God the glory. We're taking our text, our main text today, from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6. Deuteronomy, the main text, I'll keep going back on it. I read from verse 1. Deuteronomy, chapter 6, are we there? Is it on the screen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Deuteronomy chapter 6 from verse 1. If it's not coming, let's read our Bibles. Do we have our Bibles? Now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you, that you might do them in the land whither you go to possess, that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command thee, thou and thy son, and thy son's son, all the days of thy life, and that thy days may be prolonged. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, 
that ye may increase mightily as the Lord God of thy fathers has promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thy heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thy house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up, and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thy hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thy eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which is where unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities, which thou buildest not, and houses full of all good things, which thou fillest not, and wells digged, which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees, which thou plantest not, when thou shalt have eaten and be full, then beware, lest thou forget the Lord, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God and serve him and shall swear by his name. Ye shall not go after other gods of the gods of the people which are round about you. For the Lord thy God is a jealous God among you lest the anger of the Lord thy God be kindled against thee and destroy thee from off the face of the earth. You shall not tempt the Lord your God as you tempted him in Massa. You shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God and his testimonies and his statutes which he has commanded thee. And thou shalt do that which is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may be well with thee, that thou mayest go in and possess the good land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers, to cast out all thine enemies from before thee, as the Lord has spoken. And when thy son asketh thee in time to come, saying, What mean the testimonies and the statutes and the judgment which the Lord our God has commanded you. Then thou shalt say unto thy son, We were Pharaoh's bondmen in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And the Lord showed signs and wonders, great and sore, upon Egypt upon Pharaoh 
and upon all his household before our eyes. And he brought us out from thence that he might bring us in to give us the land which he swore unto our fathers. And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes to fear the Lord our God for our good always. For our good always. That he might preserve us alive as it is at this day. And it shall be our righteousness. It shall be our righteousness. I say it shall be our righteousness. If we observe to do all these commandments before the Lord our God as he has commanded us. The Lord bless the reading of his holy word in Jesus name. This morning we're going to look at this passage of scripture and I will just be talking on three issues. The first one is found in verse 5. I mean, there are so many other things to talk about, but I just want to zero in on these three key points. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. The scripture says here to love the Lord our God with all our hearts, with all our soul, and with all our might. Loving the Lord our God requires our hearts. That heart there is in our spirit. The heart in the scriptures refers to the inner man, the innermost being the nucleus of a human being, the center of your existence, that is your spirit man. God expects you to love him with all your spirit. Hallelujah. To love him with all your heart. That means that you have no ulterior motives. You don't have any other thing you are looking for. It is about you and the Lord Jesus Christ. Your focus is on him and him alone. You are not coming to him because he's going to give you money. You are not coming to him because he's going to give you a house. He's going to give you a car. No, you are not coming to him because he will give you a wife or a husband. You are loving him because of him. Oftentimes, people give their life to Christ and they come to church. But they have many things that are worrying them. Now a time comes when the Lord will make this call for you to tell him exactly what you are looking for. Why do you come to church? Why are you a Christian? Why do you give your life to Christ? 
you must answer this question sincerely from your heart. Many years ago, the Lord made me to answer him that question. Because when I gave my life to Christ, I had so many problems. There were so many things that were bothering me. But a time came when he asked me the question face to face. Why are you worshipping me? Why are you serving me? It must not be for any other reason but because Jesus is the only one you can serve. He is the only one that is worthy of your love, your worship. He is the only one that died for you on the cross of Calvary. No other person ever died on the cross for you. No other man ever shed his blood. If you don't answer this question sincerely, you will find out that at a point in your life, you have certain expectations. You have certain desires. You have certain things you are looking for. And when those things do not come, you will go back. Hallelujah to Jesus. At the time, I, I was being asked this question. I had a desperate need in my life. The need to have children. And that day the Lord said, if you don't have children, will you still love me? And I was crying. And I said, Lord, are you not going to give me children? He said, no, that's not what I said. If I don't give you children, will you still love me? Ah, I fell from my bed and I cried. And I said, Lord, where else will I go to? You know, a time came when Peter had to answer that question. In John chapter 6, let's turn to that scripture. You know, people were rushing after Jesus in the book of John chapter 6. And Jesus knew their hearts. He knew their thoughts that they were looking for bread because they had done the miracle of the multiplication of bread and they enjoyed it. Bread and fish. Perfect diet. You have complete meal of your carbohydrates and protein. It was complete, even with iron. Hallelujah. Those that plan nutrition will tell you that it was a complete meal. A full meal. And they were looking for more. But Jesus began to tell them about himself. He said, I am the bread of life. When you eat of me, you will not be hungry again. They say, ah, give us bread. We want to eat bread. They manifested. They say, ah, Moses gave us bread from heaven. And since you are a prophet, you are like Moses. We need more bread. He said, hey, you are in error. Moses did not give you bread. It is my father in heaven that gave you the bread 
in the wilderness. Not Moses. Moses had no power of his own to give bread to any man. But now I am the true bread. The bread of life. You will eat of me and you will live. They said no. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Is he a witch? Does he want us to kill him? I mean, so many ideas. They could not listen to the voice of the master. He said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you don't have eternal life. You will die. You will perish. They said, this is a very hard saying. And that day, he lost his congregation. They all walked away from him. They said the message is too hard. But what Jesus was saying, if you eat of my flesh, you swallow Jesus in your spirit man, and you mean every word of it. You come sincerely, you say, Jesus, it's only you that matter. You drink of his blood, then you have everlasting life. If you still have a plan B somewhere, and let me try Jesus in your mind, in your brain. If it doesn't work, I will go and do the other one. Then you have not yet gotten what we're saying. He got to a point after they left him and walked away. Then he said to Peter, to the rest of the disciples, in verse 67, he asked the disciples, John 6, 67, he then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and we are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. That was the day that the spirit of Peter got hooked on to Jesus. When you go into your closet, wherever you are, and you go on your knees, and you say, Jesus is all about you. There's no other thing. Nothing else. I desire compares with you. There's a song I used to sing last night. I just kept singing that song. Say, Lord, you are more precious than silver. You are more precious. You are more costly than gold. You are more beautiful than diamonds. He said, there is nothing I desire compares with you. It's found in the book of Proverbs. When you can sing that song sincerely 
from your heart. You become like Habakkuk. Habakkuk said in Habakkuk chapter 3, even though the fig tree will not bear fruit, even though the vine will not bear fruit, even though the wheat will fail, the oil will fail, everything will fail. He said, yet I will rejoice in the Lord my God. I will give him thanks. I will give him praise. Then you know that you have started to love the Lord your God with all your heart. Hallelujah to Jesus. When every other thing becomes less important and Jesus is the most important person in your life. He is number one. Every other thing you desire as the years are running to an end a lot of people are feeling bad already because they desired many things this year. And all the devil can remind you is the ones you desired that you could not get. But he will not remind you of the ones that God did. This year, my testimony is that God has been good. I say he has been good. He has been faithful. He has done all things well. Then you go on to love him with all your soul. What does that mean? In Matthew chapter 22, let's look at verse 37. Matthew 22, verse 37. We see the Lord Jesus repeating this commandment. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. In the New Testament, there was a little change from might to mind. With all your soul, we know where our soul is. In this church, I have repeatedly taught you that your soul is different from your spirit. And that man is a tripartite being. You are a spirit man. You have a soul. You live in a body. And I told you that your soul is made up of three parts. Your soul is made up of your mind, your emotions, and your will. Do we remember? Hallelujah. So, God is saying, love him with all your mind, your emotions, your what? Will. It's a determined you see, it's a purposeful decision. Now you come to a point, you take a quality decision in your life as a human being. 
Because man is a free moral agent. You say, Joshua said, Choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Brethren, listen to me. If you give your life to Jesus and you just do it anyhow, you are dragging your feet. You are serving him when you feel like. You are praying when you feel like praying. Sometimes you don't feel like praying. Sometimes you don't feel like going to church. Sometimes you don't even feel like reading your Bible. You need to take that decision this morning. Because you don't have any choice. Hallelujah. I say you don't have any choice. Ha. Listen. As I'm standing here talking to you, I had many reasons not to be in church today. But I didn't have any choice. I had many reasons to say I will not preach today. But I didn't have any choice. Do you know that you get to a point in your relationship with God when Apostle Paul said, I am a born servant of the Lord. You became so bonded to Jesus. Why do you think Apostle Paul said, Woe is me if I preach not the gospel? Listen, you don't have any choice. Tell your neighbor you don't have any choice. Oh, if you were thinking that it was optional, you can preach when you feel like preaching. You can you can pray when you feel like when you feel good. When you don't feel good, you don't pray. Tell yourself, I don't have any choice. This morning, you are required by God to love him with all your mind. That means in your thinking, the kind of thoughts you think. Are they stinking? Are they dirty thoughts? Then you need to wash them. You need to allow the blood of Jesus to wash your mind. Some people, their thoughts are very dirty and unclean. And they recycle those things. No wonder the Bible says, casting down imaginations and every high thing and exalt itself against the knowledge of God. You are sitting down, you alone, thinking, telling yourself, oh, look at how people are looking at me. Oh, these people don't love me. Oh, what have I done? You walk yourself up to the point that some people, they will start crying. They will be crying. And they will go into depression. I knew a girl that used to do that. She once lived in my house. She was a youth copper. And every time we come to ch from church, she will be crying. And one day I called her sister, said, what is the problem now? Did somebody die? Every time you are crying, I don't know what is the problem. You are not telling me. She said, hmm, see how my life is. I said, what? She said, hmm, nobody loves me. Nobody cares about me. I said, how? She said, hmm, look at how people used to give testimony in church. 
Me, I don't have testimony. Every time, people are giving testimony. She said, even you, you always have this testimony. Me, I don't have. I said, Jesus. Is that what you have been thinking in your heart? I said, but look at God has been good to you. You came for NYSC like every other person. I bring you to my house. You are eating from my table. You are not even spending your allowance. I'm carrying you to church. Carrying you as my daughter. Is God not good to you? Can you repent? I said, this is an, a very serious level of ingratitude. People like that, they always feel that the world is coming to an end on their head. They are the only ones that have problem. They think that other people don't have problem. Do you, have you seen any human being in this world that has no problem? People have their different, different problems. Let me tell you. Listen, if you go out for evangelism and you cancel people, you will know that this world is in a falling condition and that people's lives are full of problems. The other day I was telling somebody, one of the ministers, a story of that my friend called me from U.S. Said their pastor, they have a female assistant pastor. Their pastor was killed by her own son. The husband is a very rich man in Nigeria. He's a CEO of a big organization in Lagos. So five years ago, he decided to relocate his whole family to America. Paid a lot of money to American government, got them visas, bought house in America, relocated his family, sending them money. They should go and do school there and stay there. So the wife, she doesn't even work. She's just at home enjoying her husband's money. So she goes to the church to volunteer her service to God. And suddenly, her son, her own son, 300 level undergraduates, began to have problems in the university. She took her friend to go and visit her son in Texas. When they got to Texas, she check, they checked into a hotel, brought the boy from the, the, the uh, hostel to spend time with them. They spent five hours counseling and praying for the boy. Only for them to sleep in the night. And that boy beat his mother till death. You see, there's a film they used to say, even the rich cry. That family does not lack anything. You know how much it takes to do that kind of relocation? Billions of dollars. He was able to do it. I'm sure they were not lacking money. They were not lacking food. But they were lacking something. Something that make a child to kill his mother. They needed deliverance. They needed prayers. And you, you have Jesus. You have the angels surrounding you. You have the word of God. You have peace. 
When you lie down, you sleep like a baby. And you are still complaining. Beloved, we are in the season of thanksgiving. And your heart must become grateful. I say your heart must become grateful. You will love him with all your mind. In your thoughts. You will love him with all your emotions. Then you will love him with your will. Take a decision. Ha. There was a day I took that kind of decision. I said, Lord, let me tell you something. Between me and you. Any day you see me that I want to backslide, just kill me. So that I'll go to heaven. It's better for me to just die and go to heaven than to be alive backsliding. And I meant every word of it. And because I know that if I backslide, I will die. I will not backslide. Are you hearing me? I bow myself like that. So what shall it profit you? You gain the whole world. You lose your soul. What is that thing that you are looking for? What is the thing that a man can give in exchange for his soul? <laughs> I said, Lord, like Peter said, you are the only one. Where else shall we go? We are sure you are the Messiah. We know. We are convinced. <laughs> the son of the living God. This morning, if you are not yet convinced, then you cannot pray this prayer. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy where we are reading chapter 6 tells us so many other things about training our children loving our children I want you to take back that scripture go back today and meditate again over the words in that scripture you know if you look at the one about loving the Lord. Loving him with all your might. What does that mean? Your physical strength. I say your physical strength. I say your physical strength. You know, for some time now, I've been running up and down, traveling, doing so many things. I've never walked to the extent that I was so tired that I could not walk. I was doing like this. Exhausted. And I said, Lord, help me. I need your physical strength. I came back from Abuja last Thursday. And because of the pressure of the program, closing very late, waking up very early in the morning, and the vehicle that brought me back, oh my God. My legs were squeezed everywhere was, 
when I came back down from that vehicle. Pains. And I just entered just. This cold breeze just blow me. Crow. My voice sees. Like, are you hearing me now? It's a miracle. Oh. Don't mind how it sounds. <laughs> Hallelujah. I know God is enjoying hearing my voice. The devil didn't want me to preach because he wanted to just to know my voice like this. I said, no way, man. <laughs> I'm going to preach today. Hallelujah. I could hardly talk. Oh. I said, which kind of trouble be this? Before I knew it, pain, headache, everywhere, my body. Ah, I said, devil, get away from me. <laughs> get it behind me, Satan. I carried my body like that, went down. I did a lot of work. See, oh, you don't know how to serve God. I said, I'm going to love the Lord with my strength. Even the little strength. When I went downstairs, entered the kitchen, it was like I'm dead. So, as if I'm not seeing where I'm going. I was going, I said, Satan, I will cook very sweet soup now. You will see. I'm telling you, the soup I cooked, I cooked three different pots of soup. I was just saying, Shandalaraba, Kantalaraba, Shandalaraba, Oya soup cook. <laughs> and it is very delicious. You are invited to taste my soup. It's an anointed soup. Hallelujah. Now, what I'm saying is, some of us, we easily excuse ourselves. Small pain. Small challenge. <laughs> no, I can't do anything. I am not feeling fine. You lie down. Cover your head. And the demon will say, yes, you are welcome. Lie down here beside me. He will put his hand on your head and put a heavy load. And then you start crying. But if you believe that Jesus died and he shed his blood, do you know what I did? When I finished, I came back. I prayed. I said, Lord, your word says in 1 John that if I confess my sins, he is faithful and just to forgive my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I said, now, I know you are forgiving me. Because you are already dead and risen from the dead. But now I need cleansing from every effect of the world. Every effect of Adamic sin. Every effect of ancestral sin. I said, Lord, I give you my bloodline now. Oh yeah, cleanse it. And he did. And as he cleansed it, by the time I woke up the following morning, the pains were gone. I said they are gone. Hallelujah to Jesus. You must love him with all your strength. It's not time to complain. It's not time to say, no, I cannot do this thing. I can do all things. Through Christ that strengthens me. My children say, Mommy, you are in the kitchen. I said, Yes. 
we have to cook. Because we are expecting visitors this week. And those people, those resource persons, they are not going to fast. Hello? They are going to eat very well. So I have already cooked their soup. Huh. What shall it profit you to just be doing this type of Christianity? You are not in the world. You are not in with God. You are one leg here, one leg there. What will you do with that? Deuteronomy chapter 11 verse 16 he said, take heed to yourselves that your heart be not deceived and ye turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. And then the Lord's wrath be kindled against you and he shut up the heaven that there be no rain and that the land yield not her fruit lest you perish quickly from of the good land which the Lord giveth you. Therefore shall you lay up these my words in your heart and in your soul and bind them for a sign upon your hand that they may be as frontlets between your eyes. And then you shall teach them your children speaking of them when thou sittest in the house when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, and when thou risest up, and thou shalt ride them upon the doorposts of thy house and upon thy gates, that your days may be multiplied, and the days of your children in the land, which the Lord swear unto your fathers to give them as the days of heaven upon the earth. Amen. Take heed. You must allow the word of God to abide in you. That is how to love the Lord. Loving the Lord with your heart, with your spirit, means that you will allow the word of God to encompass you, to fill your heart, to fill your mind. These days I'm enjoying myself because I discovered that if I lie down, everything I'm thinking about is about Jesus. I'm thinking about the world. That's how to live life. If it's only now that I've started living, I don't think about any other thing. I don't have any worries. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. Colossians 3, 16 says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Second Timothy chapter 3. Second Timothy 3. 15 to 17 
Look at what God was talking about Timothy. The apostle Paul was writing. Verse 15, he said, And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures. Are you there? From his childhood. I wrote a book on kingdom parenting. And when you train up a child the way that he should go, when they grow up, they will never depart from it. You read the Bible to the child while in the womb. You read the Bible to them while they are sucklings. You continue to read the Bible and they begin to get used to the presence of God. My children used to pray in tongues at the age of two. Once they start talking, they are already speaking in tongues. When they grow up, I believe that no matter the pressure, the peer group pressure, the war pressure, they must come back to the Lord. They will not be able to stay as unbelievers. God will bring them back because they were dedicated. They belong to him. And every day I pray, I say, God, my generation will serve you. Let the word of Christ dwell in you do richly. This person knew the Holy Scriptures. He said, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction in righteousness so that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The second issue is this issue of teaching our children Number one is how to love the Lord with all your heart. The second issue that I'm dealing with, teaching your children. You know why God said, Abraham is my friend? Was because God said, I know him. He will teach his children. He will guide them. He will tell them about me. It is a duty of parents to train up their children the way of the Lord. It's not the duty of the teachers in this school or the church. The church is to groom them for heaven. But the Bible says train up your own child. And training is different from teaching. Training means you lead by example. Oh, hello. When you are a parent and you are telling your children, don't do this, don't tell lies, they are watching you. You yourself, are you telling lies? Do you used to tell them to go and tell visitors that you are sleeping when you are awake? Or go and tell them that I'm not around. 
That's the most common one parents do. You are counterproductive in what you're doing. Because you're telling them one thing, you're doing a different thing. A parent who makes the children to close their eyes and pray and goes out to chase other women, do you think they don't know? <laughs> when a father has women friends or a mother has men friends, you think the children don't know? They know. They are seeing what you are doing. They are seeing when you used to hide to answer some calls. Sometimes they scroll your phone. My children scroll my phone. They check me out. If I tell them something, they want to prove it. Because the Bible says, prove all things. And for them to believe your God, they have to see something. Hallelujah. So in that Deuteronomy 19, it was emphasized from Deuteronomy 6. In the text we are reading, Deuteronomy chapter 6, in verse 7, you see it there. So you shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you are sitting in your house. When you are walking by the way, when you are lying down, when you are rising up, you shall bind them for a sign upon thy hand, and they shall be as your front legs. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you don't teach them, and you don't train them, you will give account of it on the last day. God will hold you responsible. But if you teach them, train them, do all that you are supposed to do, and they grow up, and they decided to walk away, God will know that you have done your own part. Because he's a just God. Hallelujah. Why did Second Timothy Look at 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 3. He said, These days, men will be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. You will discover that the disobedience to parents is one of the signs of the last days. One of the signs of the perilous times. He said, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. We have to pray as we preach to them, teach them, train them by example. We also pray for them. I said we pray for them. And it has to be daily. It's not optional. I say daily. Daily. You lay them before the Lord. You lay their bloodline before the Lord. 
you ask him to cleanse them. You ask him to deliver them from any situation that the enemy will set up. God is a good God. And he cannot want our seed to perish. Hello? I say he cannot want our seed to perish. There is a way you pray for that child. You go on your knees and pray. The hand of God will come down. You have not yet prayed enough. If you have not seen the hand of God, there is still more you need to do. The third issue I want to deal with in that passage. Remember I said there are many things, but there are three things. The third one is found in verse 10 to 12. Deuteronomy 6, 10 to 12. Let's go back there. And that has, that's actually the main issue that God was talking about today. Deuteronomy 6, 10 to 12. It said, And it shall be, when the Lord thy God had brought thee into the land, which is where unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities, which thou buildest not, and houses full of all good things, which thou feedest not, and wells digged, which thou diggest not, vias and olive trees, which thou plantest not, when thou shalt have eaten and be full, then beware lest thou forget the Lord. Can we read verse 12 together? I want to go. Then beware lest thou forget the Lord which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt and from the house of bondage again then beware lest thou forget the Lord which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt and from the house of bondage amen beware what does it mean to beware Be careful. Be watchful. It's a warning. Take care. Beware. Why did the Lord put it that way? Because there is something in a human being that makes them to want to live at ease in Zion. There is something in the human nature that makes men to relax when they think they have already gotten what they are looking for. We can fast and pray as we have fasted this week when we are still expecting some things. When we have challenges, it's easy to fast. Hello? Hello? 
Please, usher, don't allow anybody to sleep. Just help them. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 16, told us the same thing. Take heed to yourselves that your hearts be not deceived. And you turn aside and serve other gods and worship him. I told you that many years ago I prayed those prayers. Sometimes people pray those prayers some years back when things are tough. But what of now? Is your heart still saying the same thing? Or you have relaxed? Beware! When you have achieved all that is in your heart, all that you are looking for, beware, let's not forget the Lord your God. In those times, okay, I didn't have children, and children was the issue, but now I have them. Do I still feel the same way? That's the problem. That God has. We come to God. We make pledges. He say Lord if you bless me. If you give me this. I will do this and that for you. I will give you tight. I will serve you all the days of my life. When you get those things. Beware. Because that's the time of danger. Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 6. Sorry. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. He said what? Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth where moth and rust not corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust not corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So my question, I want you to answer it to God or not to me. Where is your heart? Where is your heart today? Wherever your treasure is. What is your treasure? You know some people, when you pray, pray, praise God, give me children, okay? Fine, God give you children. You now make the children your God. Some they say, God, God give me a wife. God give you a wife. The wife now become your God. You pray, pray, God give me a husband. God, give you a husband. The husband is your God. Oh, you say, God, give me a job. I need a job, job, job every day. God gave you a job. The job is now your God. Where is your heart? 
Matthew chapter 19. Beware when you have eaten and you are full. You have gotten cars. You have gotten all the money. Beware. Will you still be able to fast? When you have goodly houses and the Lord is going to build for us because God told me that today every valley is being exalted, that every hill is being brought low, that every crooked path they are being made straight and every rough road they are being made smooth because the glory of God must pass through. We are in a season of excitement. I've been very, very excited in my spirit because of the things that God is doing. This is a season of the glory of Almighty God. It's a season when God said he will walk the streets by himself. It's a season when you don't need to pray too much before you get the answer. Because he's available. I say he's available. It's a season. You just do one worship song. And you are already in the spirit. It's a season of anointing of the Holy Spirit. It's a season of the presence of God. It's a season of favor. It's a season of influence. Therefore, it's a season of wealth and riches. I don't know what you're looking for. But beloved, those things are not the problems of God. His problem is when you have received all the things you are looking for, will you forget it? That's the question. God said, I am here. I want to make you wealthy. I want to make you rich. I want to bless you. I want to give you all the things you have been praying for. It is here with you. Will you forget me? You don't understand. That's the issue. What are you going to do? Will you still be able to pray? Will you still be able to come to church? There's some people when they install they install satellite dish in their homes. They connected to DSTV. They stop having quiet time. They stop praying. They stop reading their Bible. They stop going to church. They say, oh, you do that? I see a lot of them in America. They say, oh, church, you do that? No, that's too stressful. I do my own church in my home. I do it on my TV. I say, look at your mouth. TV. <laughs> I said, why you didn't have TV? What did you do? Now you have TV. And you watch the TV 24 hours. 
Use your quiet time to watch TV. What's that? That's a lot of idolatry. Matthew 19, 16. It says, Matthew chapter 19, verse 16. He said, Behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? He said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, and that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. He said unto him, Which? Jesus said, Thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And the young man said unto him, all these things have I kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? Can you see the arrogance? Then Jesus said unto him, verse 21, If thou will be perfect, go and sell that thou hast, and give it to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and then come and follow me. But the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful. <laughs> For he had great possessions. Then said Jesus unto his disciples. He began to teach. He said, Verily I say unto you that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And again I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter to the kingdom of God. When his disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed, saying, Who then can be saved? <laughs> but Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. You can find the story of this young ruler in Matthew, in Mark, and in Luke. The three gospels narrated this same story and recorded it. Some people say, no, the eye of the needle is really not uh, the real eye of a needle. It's the gate somewhere at the gate Jerusalem. That gate never existed while Jesus was on this earth. It's a lie from the pit of hell. He's talking about a real needle. Do you know needle? When you want to thread a needle. I remember in those days when I was secondary school, there's something we used to call needle race. You run to go and thread a needle. They say thread a needle, thread a needle. You run. To see how your eyes are. Whether you can put that. Eh? Brother Ephraim will understand what I'm saying. The eye. A camel. Can you imagine a camel? Passing through that eye. Why? Is it because God hates riches? No. Is it because God don't like rich people? No. 
But because there is something about riches that makes riches to take over the heart of a man. That's why I say, beware. You have to balance your knowledge of the scriptures. You know, prosperity, prosperity. Yes, yes. It's good to prosper. It's good to do well. It's good to succeed. But don't allow it come between you and Jesus. He didn't give them to you so that it can become another God. Because let me tell you, when you become a thousandaire, you want to become a millionaire. And when you count hundreds of thousands, you will like to count hundreds of millions. And when covetousness enters the heart, you start stealing. And you go to hell. When you become a billionaire, a millionaire, you will love to be a billionaire. You will not be satisfied with millionaire. You want to move to billion. And when you become a billionaire, you want to be a trillionaire. That is how the Adamic nature is. Man is never satisfied. And some of those millionaires and billionaires, they cannot give you one plate of food. I'm coming from a program last week where they were giving the statistics that every one second in the whole world, two people are dying. Two people die every second. Now there are 60 seconds in one minute. So multiply two times 60. How many people are dying in one minute? And nobody cares. Now, the next question is, out of these 120 people, how many of them are going to happen? You see, God has a problem. And the problem of God is not about meat and drink. It's not about food. You know why I said the meat was too small? Remember what happened last year? We invited people, they came for Thanksgiving. And they ate and ate. And they had extra. We gave them takeaway. So they went around the whole town and was announcing that La Paix is the best church in this town. They said, our church is the best church. Why? Because they ate meat and did takeaway. So we cannot do less this year. Because it must be better than last year. We have to be the best. They said they went to some Thanksgiving, some churches, they gave them small, tiny meat. So the motivation is the meat. It's not the word of God they had. Though. So we are the best church. We are just the best. And we must give them more meat. Hallelujah. Let them eat the meat if the meat is a problem. But the kingdom of God... Beloved, it's not by meat and drink. It's not that. God has a different problem. The problem of God is the souls. The souls of 
are women that are dying and going to hell. So God wants to prosper us. Amen. He wants to bless us. But he is telling us not to forget him. Because it's about to come. I say it's about to come. Something is about to happen. When I was sharing with some people the vision we had that we want to do a holistic evangelistic outreach. By the way, we are giving out wrappers to the widows. And we have already ordered the wrappers. He said, the man said, man, what you're doing, even millionaires cannot do it. I said, because those millionaires, they don't know Jesus. I said, if God give me more, I will do more. You don't have to be a millionaire before you can bless somebody. Before you can put something in somebody's life. Before you can touch somebody's life. Before you can make impact. Put joy on somebody's face. Some of those people, if you see them, they have nobody to say hello to them. Because in the world, people come to your house when they know you get something. If you don't have anything, nobody visits you. But that's why we are here. As we're in that program, they stood up, they announced, they said the richest pastor in the whole world is from Nigeria. But the Nigerian pastors are the poorest pastors. I was grieved. And these are white people telling you they are mocking us. They are laughing at us. They say, the richest pastor in the whole world is from your country. But you have the poorest pastors. It's a contradiction. What are we doing? Beware. Beware. The heart of man is deceitful and desperately wicked. Some people don't want to spend their money. They are piling it up in a bank account to grow. So that when they come out, they beat their chest and say, yes, I know I have so, so much amount in my account. And they, very soon the trumpet will sound. The Antichrist will eat the money. To be useless. You did not convert it to souls. So you have no treasure in heaven. Nove Hayes was a businessman. He was the one that started the full gospel businessman fellowship. And he said God taught him the secret of converting his money to souls. And he began to do business breakfast meetings for businessmen. And God then baptized with the Holy Ghost. Got them going to heaven. He said when he began to do that, he found that his money multiplied. He didn't know what to do with the money again. Because he began to invest. He began to lay his treasures in heaven where moth 
cannot eat it. Where it cannot rust. Where thieves cannot break into it. Beware. Covetousness is the greatest danger to a regenerated heart. And that's why in Luke chapter 12, Jesus said, Beware of covetousness. Let's look at Luke 12, 13. Beware covetousness. Luke chapter 12, 13 to 15. Say, and one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother. And he divided inheritance with me. And he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? And he said unto them, Take it and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisted not in the abundance of the things which he possessed. A man's life, your life does not consist in material things. At this season now, there's danger everywhere. People are robbing, they are stealing. Why? They want to do Christmas. Beware covetousness. They want this, they want that. For us, the females is what? The latest lace, the latest judge, latest material, shoes, bags, what else? Jewelry. For the men is what? The latest suit, the latest what? Captain, oh, wristwatch, yes. I've seen men who are buying 500,000 Naira wristwatch. It's madness. Crazy, isn't it? People are around you, they are not eating. Carry 500 Naira, go and buy wristwatch. Beware. A man's life does not consist. Some people, some bed, they say, if I don't change my car this Christmas, my body will not go good. Beware. Some people say, how can I travel to my village with the same car? Last year I went to village with this car. This year. Beware. Covetousness. Take heed to yourself. God didn't send you all those things. A man's life does not consist of the abundance of the things he possesses. Luke 12, 34 say, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Where is your treasure? Is it in heaven? And that's where your heart be. My heart is in heaven. That's where my treasure is. And I'm looking forward to that day. Beware. Mark Matthew 6 33. 
We have been reading it over and over, but let's read it again for emphasis. Matthew 6, verse 33. What does it say? Let's read it together. One, two. But seek ye first kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Once you make up your mind to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, God will ensure, I say he will ensure, that he will add every other thing to you. These days, the Lord kept telling me, said, you know, some of my children, they are doing kalo kalo with God. They say, yes, give and it shall be given unto you good measure. Press thou, shake it together, run over, shall men give to thy bosom. Very good. So they put offering, 500 naira. Then they multiply it. The following day, they kneel down and say, Lord, yesterday I put 500 naira in the offering box. You saw me when I was putting it. This 500 naira is supposed to give me 50,000. And they begin to demand 50,000 from God. I say, ah, you mean somebody can do this type of prayer? He said, that is what is going on, my daughter. Say, read for my children. Luke chapter 10. Let's read from Luke chapter 10. I will be rounding up. Luke 10, 25. 25 to 37. It says, and behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? You see what some lawyers, not our own lawyer, some lawyers, this is how they behave. They know the law too much. And they are quoting it. He answered and said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, with all your energy, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right, this do, and thou shalt live. But he, willing to justify himself, you see, that's the problem. Willing to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus answered, said, There was a certain man who went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him, passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. When he saw him, 
he had compassion on him. He went to him, bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, set him on his own beast, brought him to an inn, took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence, gave them to the host, and said unto him, Take care of him. And whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, He that showed mercy. Then said Jesus unto him, Go and do likewise. You see, you cannot tell me that you love God, but you don't love human beings who are made in his image. If you love the Father, you must love the Son. If you love God, you must love the children of God. And here I am in no way saying that you should take what is meant for your family and give others. God, I don't want anybody to misunderstand this message. The Bible says that if you do not take care of your own family, you are worse than an infidel. Amen. So that's your primary assignment. Take care of your immediate family. But there must be a little sacrifice. Hallelujah. There must be a little sacrifice for that brother that has no food. For that sister that has no clothes to wear. For that mother that has nobody to help her. That father that has nothing in the house of God. There must be a provision. And this is not your tithe. Neither is it your offering. There are many givings that God expects from us. The giving of your offering and tithe are apart. Then we talk about sowing into the gospel. When we want to have an outreach, like this outreach that we have, starting tomorrow, I expect every one of us to sow into that outreach. Give something into that outreach. Do you know that when I sent the letters to my partners abroad, they began to send me money? Because they understand the issues of the gospel and the kingdom. They know that it costs money to preach the gospel. It costs money to travel. It costs money. We are bringing resource persons. In fact, one of our resource persons has said she's not coming because she's charging us something that is outrageous. So we're bringing a different person. The other two that said they will do it as mission and anything we give them, they will take. The other one wanted to give us a bill. He said, no, we are not charging the people to learn these things. They are not paying for it. It's free of charge. 
We are providing it for the people to empower them, to help them in their lives, to make impacts and want them, their souls to be saved. So you too, you are a child of God. You must make sacrifice. We are going to feed them. We are accommodating them, feeding them. I will give them honorarium. And the guest speakers that will preach on the last day will be giving honorarium. You can't expect them to come and preach. And after you tell them, God bless you, thank you, they will go away. They will use money to travel, to come. We have to send them money to buy the materials that they are going to use to do the training. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. So that's a different type of giving. We are giving it to, it to the gospel. It's different from touching the lives of people around you. You have somebody, you see the person wear the same shirt, the same trouser every day. You think it's because they like that shirt so much. That should tell you that he doesn't have another one. Put something to the life of somebody. Thank God for what God has done today in our midst. The way we normally do our thanksgiving. And God will just, people will just freely give. And as you make that pledge, the Lord will honor the pledge and provide for you to fulfill it. And there's a special blessing for that one. That means that everything the Holy Spirit is going to be doing in that thanksgiving, you are part of it. You have connected to that altar. And you are going to reap the blessings to your life. That's why you see some of us pledging for our children. Even though we know that these children don't have money of their own, we pledge on their behalf. We pay for them. So that the, the benefit of that one can come to that child particularly. Is a secret. A mystery of godliness. The mysteries of heaven. We are laying up treasures. Because the day that I, God was telling me that, do I know that he used to come to church and write the details of everything that happens. The angels are writing. They are taking notes. They are recording. I became afraid of God. Are we ready to pray now? I said there were three things. Number one, loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, physical might. Number two, making sure that those around you, you pass it on to them. Your children, your brothers and sisters, your friends, your classmates, your colleagues. Do you know that when they go to hell, God will ask you. You sat side by side with this person for how many years? You never open your mouth to tell them about Jesus. Are you not afraid of that? The people you are relating with, the people you are doing business with, have you ever shared with them? 
Then number three, and the principal matter, don't forget this. He said, beware that you do not forget the Lord your God when you become that person that God has already said you are. Because in this season, he's bringing us into glory. He's bringing us into wealth. He's bringing us into greater things. And we will see the manifestation. Let's rise up on our feet and pray. I want you to talk to God. Make up your mind. Take a quality decision. Say, Lord, I have decided to follow you. There's no turning back. Say, Lord, it is only you now that matter in my life. I have no alternatives. I have made a quality decision. It's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you, Jesus. Begin to bless the Lord. Say, Lord, I pledge that I will not forget you. As you bless me, Lord, please, I am ready to work with you because this is my righteousness that with long life you satisfy me. I will live my true lifespan. I don't want to die before my time. Have mercy on me. I will not turn me away from you. I ask that you bless me as you have promised. Lift me up, Lord, as you have promised. Give me my portion. Bring me into a large place. Oh, Lord, my God, have mercy on me. Help me, Lord, for my heart to be focused on you. Help me not to be distracted by anything. All the distractions in the world, I renounce them. Ah, Lord Jesus, you are enough for me. I am satisfied with you, Jesus. Jesus. 